Well, welcome back for another episode in our series, Jews and Christians Learning to Relate. Today, we have another pioneer with us from the Christian community who has a fascinating story and has written a book about it and uh, has just developed a wonderful relationship with his local Jewish community. So stay with me. Welcome to the Israel Answers series, connecting Israel, the Bible, and you. Join Susan Michael as she explores timely issues and current events from a scriptural perspective to equip the Christian world with a balanced and biblical response. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes, which will ignite your faith and bring the Bible to life in your everyday world. Now, let's join Susan with your Israel Answers. Yes, so today I have with us a pioneer in Jewish-Christian relations. He has forged an amazing relationship with the local Jewish community in his town of West Palm Beach, Florida, and this is Bill Callahan. Bill has recently written a book about the story of his life and how this relationship evolved and what he's been able to accomplish and what it has meant in his life. So there's a lot for us to talk about today And Bill, I just want to give you a very warm welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Susan. It's quite an honor to be here with you on your program. Great. Well, Bill, um, you know, the first question I want to ask is, was there something in your childhood or your upbringing or your background that kind of prepared the way for you to be such an effective relationship builder with the Jewish community? Yes, Susan. Uh, Part of it was geography, growing up in Long Island and New York, being surrounded by a large uh, and very dense uh, Jewish community where I guess you could say I was the minority. Um, But also just the fact that my um, the influences in my life, uh, the people I went to school with, uh, largely uh, Jewish and um, my mother, uh, had a moment where uh, she went to Israel in 1980 when I was roughly 12 years old. And she not only came back a changed person, but also she identified that there was a uh, that there was some Jewish lineage on her father's side. And all that happening at, at an age of 12 or 13 uh, left a deep mark on my life and, um, you know, had a profound impact on my journey. Well, well then um, take us forward then. You ended up working there in New York City and uh, 9-11 was a real turning point in your life. Tell us about that. Exactly. Um, Well, I graduated college and my first job was to work in Manhattan or New York City. And uh, I was working in the financial industry Uh, working for a very large investment bank, um, Morgan Stanley. And obviously there, there was a large percentage of Jewish people who were my partners and people who I was my coworkers. And when 9-11 happened before my very eyes live, um, that was the moment where I turned my life over to God. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm abbreviating it for the sake of the show. More of it is outlined in my book, but um, and also the person that was in my life at that moment, who's now my wife, Sandra, was already a very, um, you know, she was already a devout Christian um, and someone who who already loved Israel. 
and wanted to go there with me. So all those factors collided. There was a lot of factors, but they all collided and generated an immense interest in myself to travel to Israel. And, uh, and, and I had that benefit with you and ICEJ at the Feast of the Tabernacles in 215. Well, now, uh, if I remember right, you lost friends in 9-11. Is that right? And that's what uh, initiated your move to Florida. Absolutely. I lost several very dear friends of mine, one of which was a childhood friend, one of which who was a college friend and um, several other co-workers. And the one, I guess, that deeply hurt um, and, and really uh, defined that we needed to find another place to move or live was my friend who was also Colombian, like my wife. His name was Cesar Augusto Murillo. And um, I was just, he was just a deeply um, passionate and considerate and kind individual. And his passing really hurt. And my wife and I knew that we, that we needed to go someplace else. And my wife had prayed about it. We prayed about it and we discussed it with our families and we ended up in, in uh, South Florida, um, which also happens then, to be a place where there's a large Jewish community. Yes. Depending on how you count them, it's the second or the third largest uh, Jewish community in the nation. And of course, there's a, a large community of Israelis that live in, uh, in Boca. So uh, it's a very vibrant area. But when I met you, Bill, I met you in Washington, D.C., and we were both at an APAC policy conference, even though we both lived in Florida uh, at the time. And I remember you stood up in a meeting and in front of a room of several hundred people, you said, I'm a Gentile Christian and I love Israel and I, I go to a mega church in West Palm Beach. And I don't remember what else you said. I just remember thinking to myself, I've got to meet him. And uh, we did meet in D.C., I don't think, but we did run into each other later back back in Florida. But tell us how you got started in APAC and really becoming politically active in support of Israel. Well, when we moved to Florida, um, my, my, uh, my business partner uh, is Jewish and or was Jewish when he's now since retired. But um, his, his wife, Orly, is Israeli. And she uh, believes she trained people to to, dr to, uh, to drive tanks in the IDF. And uh, she's a very tough, what you would call Sabra, you know, tough on the outside, but very soft and sweet on the inside, Israeli. And we connected and our views, our, our views about a lot of things were very similar. Um, and, uh, and, and so much so that she encouraged us to spend time uh, celebrating Shabbat on on uh, on Friday evenings with their family and their then young daughter who now just graduated college. But we started becoming deeply involved with them as friends and the relationship grew um, to a point where we were going to synagogue with them because as Christians, as evangelical Christians, it is not a conflict for us to go to be at a synagogue and, and hear the Torah being preached and uh, and to celebrate our Jewish roots. So um, so we started being very involved with them as not just friends, but uh, we got deeply involved also in uh, my business partner suggested that we get involved in APAC. 
And at the time, I'll be honest, I didn't know anything about APAC, but, um, but it fascinated me. And I went to a meeting and uh, they encouraged us to go to Washington, D.C. on a policy conference. And on that, per- on that first policy conference, I ended up meeting a lot of you know, people from ICEJ. And uh, I, think I, met, I think that's where I actually met uh, Reverend Malcolm Heading and his son, Daryl. And I think that's where your, our paths crossed, at least initially. And then, of course, later on, you and I, our paths crossed because you're in Florida as well as I am. And then we started uh, doing things together. So um, it, 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 it was one of those things where one thing led to the next and things started just building on themselves. And my fascination and passion for all things Israel um, just started to grow and blossom in a way where I just started being more and more involved. That's that's how it just unfolded. Well, there's been some phenomenal events here in South Florida, hosted both at synagogues and in churches for the two communities to come together and have joint speakers and all. And um, so there's there are lots of opportunities here to um, at least engage with each other, even if at a, an early stage in the relationship. But I have to say, you have really developed deep friendships and uh, you've, you're really known throughout the whole community there in, in Palm Beach County, I would say. Um, so let tell me, um, I know that you went to Israel with the ICEJ for the Feast of Tabernacles. So take just a quick minute, tell our audience what that was like for you and your wife, Sandra. Until I went to Israel, everything was, um, everything was in theory, you know, everything was, was wonderful. I felt this passion. I felt this love, but then going to Israel itself, I would say ignited or lit the fire inside of me. Um, we, we enjoyed going to Feast of the Tabernacles, uh, during the Sukkot, the end of September, early October in 2015. And that was with you and your group, uh, ICEJ and just the education and the enlightenment, but also the spiritual awakening because you start to all the things that you read about or learned about in the Bible start to become very real because Israel does such a phenomenal job of, of, uh, these archaeological digs and showing where the evidence of of this, you know, prophet or where Jesus, uh, his ministry was. So it just it brings everything to life in a way that's very three dimensional. And also, I'd say that going to Yad Vashem, I had learned about the Holocaust, you know, in my history books. I had known that there was a deep hurt um, in the Jewish uh, family of people that uh, that was a perpetual pain that would never go away, a void. But it wasn't until I went to Yad Vashem and experienced that through the eyes of someone who was a survivor. I still remember her name, uh, Hazy Freund. And uh, when I experienced that, I just had this uncontrollable emotional response where I cried. I, I, I really couldn't get over it. And, uh, and, and I'm glad that you guys followed that up with the uh, with the parade in, with the parade in Jerusalem, which was very uplifting with all the people in Israel, because I was really at a point where my wife where my wife said to me, she says, do you want to just go home at this point? And I said, no, I said, I just I just need to process what we just saw. 
it was just very hard for me to see all that. Um, and, you know, a, 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 anyway, it deeply affected me in my, in my spirit. And I knew that my life wasn't going to go back to being a passive person, uh, sitting on the sidelines and being neutral about all this. I realized that God had had a better plan for me. And that was a plan where I would be an outspoken advocate, not just for Israel and the Jewish people, but, but the interfaith relationship between Jews and Christians, because that's been very fractured and uh, damaged. Well, what's so interesting in your story, Bill, first of all, you had the same life-changing experience your mom had had, hers back in 1980, and here's yours in, what, 2015, I think. Um, but that trip to Israel just did it. it. Things just clicked, and that's what happens for so many of us. It happened for me. It's happened for millions of Christians that have gone, and that's why we always encourage everyone, go if at all possible. There's just nothing compared to it. What you see, what you hear, what you absorb, and you connect a lot of dots that just otherwise, you know, you don't. What I also love about your story is that you were already an advocate for Israel before you had even gone there. And that's really quite amazing. But it, I think it was because of your friendship with Jewish people and what you had learned from them and uh, wanting to support them. But coming back, now it's your passion. It is absolutely your life, your, your calling. I mean, it drives you every day now um, after that experience at Yad Vashem. And so you just returned from your, what, your second trip there and you studied at Yad Vashem. So tell us about that. That was an amazing experience that I don't think I can do justice to in a couple of quick sentences, but I, I guess I'll just say um, what I said on, on, on Rabbi Feldman's podcast was that one of the most amazing experiences of all that, aside from all the learning and the education and all the things that they brought to our, uh, you know, to our minds and our hearts, but, um, but actually going to the Hall of Remembrance on the HaShoah, on the Yom HaShoah, the Day of Remembrance, and the experience of being there live and not watching it on a lot on a broadcast, which I had done in previous years, but being there live and having you know Isaac Herzog, you know the president, and Naftali Bennett, you know the prime minister, and and all these Mickey Levy, the speaker of the Knesset, Esther Hayut, the head of the Supreme Court, there was all these dignitaries and foreign and and people, but. Also, you had the head rabbi, you know, Mir Lau, Rabbi Israel Mir Lau. And, you ha and then I'm sitting next to this Holocaust survivor, uh, Nachman Lobel, who has uh, several generations of his family sitting next to him. And he, and he leans into me and he says, who are you? And I said to him, I'm a Christian person who loves Israel and I'm training with the Yad Vashem and I'm learning. I'm learning about the Shoah, and I'm learning what a what a what a void that has been for the Jewish people, and and I'm learning how to be a better advocate for Israel and and bringing Jewish and Christian people together. And he just started crying, and I started crying too because I was overcome by his emotion. And then his family starts crying because you know it becomes infectious when somebody cries. You start everyone starts getting emotional. And he says to me, 
That's the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And I never realized that people like him weren't aware that there were people like us there. So I said to him, I said, well, I'm not alone. I said, I, I said, I'm part of a group, but there's millions of people like me. In fact, many, many millions of people like me in America and many millions around the world. And it was almost as if this gentleman had been, this is him hearing this for the first time. And that had such an impact on me because I said to myself, wow, there's a lot of work still left to be done. This isn't even close. The work we're doing isn't even close to scratching the surface. So um, it was an amazing trip. I, every time I go to Israel, I feel like I'm learning something new. It's, it's like you're peeling back layers of an onion and just keep, there just keeps being more. It's like when you open up the word of God, there just keeps being more. So uh, I just enjoy going to Israel. It's, it makes me feel alive. And, and also my mother had just passed away several months ago. So it gave me a time to go pray uh, for her and to feel her presence with me and to feel the pride that she has in me as her son, because really the legacy of what I'm doing started with her. So as they say in Hebrew, yes. Lador Vador, generation to generation, she passed it to me yes. and now I'm passing it to my children. And it's ironic that at the time that I'm there, my daughter's giving her final presentation at her, at her Christian school on Anne Frank. So um, I, I, I can't feel, I can't From help generation but to generation. that God is doing something really <laughs> special and meaningful in my life. And uh, I just keep waiting for the direction of what's next. That's that's uh, that's how this well, Bill, is going. That story is really astounding, and the Lord allowed you to minister healing at a point of very very deep hurt, and uh, with the Jewish people, the Holocaust, the Shoah, it is a very very deep wound, and. Um, it, it's just, uh, it's a privilege that you were able to speak healing to that deep wound in that man and his whole family. It reminded me and, of your, uh, of the, of the Hebrew, uh, you know, Isaiah 40, where it, that, it, that's the motto of ICEJ, comfort the, comfort the, my people. And I realized that, you know, Isaiah being a Hebrew prophet, um, you know, he, that one of the things that, uh, I saw when I was there was, the, the Mishkanot Shananim, which is the Isaiah 32, 18, which says, my people will live in a peaceful dwelling. And that's something that's really powerful, uh, is that the Jewish people all need to understand that this is not just their homeland. It's where God gave over to them a place where they could peacefully dwell and live and, and, uh, and be the, and be the, the, the keepers of, of his land. So it's just, um, there were so many things learned on this trip. Uh, I look forward to my next trip. As they say, next well, year and God says that he will comfort his people in Jerusalem. And the point here is that he's using us to bring that comfort to his people that he promised them that he would do, that he would bring them back and he would comfort them uh, in Jerusalem. It's a very special ministry, but it's one that's very delicate. And that's why uh, to learn from you how you have learned, and, and obviously um, you've learned a lot over the years, but the Lord trusts you to such a degree uh, to allow you to minister to that man at that, at that moment. 
And this is the point we're making in this series, is that this relationship between Jews and Christians, it really is quite new, and it's still highly delicate. And and that's why we need to share and learn from each other lessons learned along the way so that we don't have to make those same mistakes and that that we can really uh, enlarge and deepen this relationship and not to uh, torpedo it through our lack of understanding. So uh, we want to learn from from your experiences. So uh, do you have some lessons that you could share with someone? Like, what is it that you've learned the most important lessons in approaching the Jewish community? For me, it's going to sound ironic because people know me to be a talker uh, rather than a listener. And I think that what being around the Jewish people has taught me is to be a listener and not a talker. Um, in other words, you speak when you're spoken to, you're spo- you speak when there's a question, you answer that question, but you listen. And I think listening more, there's an old expression, I think it's attributed to Theodore Roosevelt, it said, uh, people don't care about what you know until they know you care. And so until you can establish a real relationship of friendship and trust, and uh, people know that you care, um, I don't think that you should ever go into the Jewish community and start um, having arrogance or start speaking in ways that seem aggressive or proselytizing, because at the end of the day, you have to respect who they are. You have to respect them as a people group. You have to listen and you have to love them. And in order to repair a relationship that's been fractured and has centuries of damage done, And to be an emissary of God, you have to have humility about it. Um, You know, I'm not saying I never have had arrogant moments in my life or, you know, or moments where I say or do things that are wrong. I'm just saying that when I, I pray before I ever get before the Jewish people and I just have to remember God has placed me there as a emissary, an ambassador of goodwill. And so my job is to do no harm. My job is to listen, to be a good friend, and to acknowledge the damage that's been done through many centuries and to simply try to start a new relationship, one that's based on trust and based on respect. We're not going to agree about everything. That you have to put aside. Politics don't have a place when you're when you're sitting in front of a Jewish uh, crowd, you need to just remember that we're all people. We have differing viewpoints. We have differing life experiences. And if you're doing God's work, you focus on the things we have in common. And there's a lot more that we have in common than 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 we have differences. And so that's where I just put the emphasis. And I. Um, well, Bill, you know what you're saying is very biblical. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 9 through 11. He said that we Christians should approach this relationship realizing we're like the wild olive branches that were grafted into their tree and that we need to have humility and not to be arrogant and not to be haughty, but to realize that that tree supports us. And, and so that's exactly what you're describing. Now, in your book, you talked about another quality, and that was just what you called showing up. Do you want to 
explain what that means? Well, you know, it's it's funny because when we went to Israel with you uh, and Reverend Malcolm Heading uh, presided over the remarriage of my vows with my wife on her 12th wedding anniversary, he said something to me afterwards. He kind of, you know, reached over and touched me on the shoulder and said something about, you know, you're going to have a profound impact in your community. And, um, and God is going to lead the steps. And, you know, and, and, and I remember feeling a little bit nervous by all this, like, what does that all mean? And I didn't have a plan and I didn't really know what the next steps were. Um, so I just realized that, um, I had a moment of clarity where I was praying about it and, and I realized that the next step was just showing up. The next step was just showing up to whatever the events were. Like, you know, there was a, there was a situation where three boys were kidnapped and killed on Rosh Hashanah that exposed a plot uh, where Hamas was going to pop up through these tunnels and kill a bunch of Jewish people on in Israel on Rosh Hashanah. And when those boys were killed, kidnapped and killed, um, there was a big uh, memorial in, uh, in the Jewish community, uh, here in, in Palm beach. And I just showed up. I didn't have much to say other than I'm sorry, uh, for the loss of these three boys, Naphtali, uh, 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 Nip, was it, uh, uh, the three boys that got kidnapped and killed. And I just said, I'm sorry for their loss. I'm sorry for what happened to them. And I just showed respect and honored them. That's all. And, and, I think a lot of people think that there's more that you need to do. And I don't, and I think less is more. I think sometimes just simply showing up and being a, a comfort that they know that there's other people in other communities other than theirs that support them and love them. And, and um, it's human decency. And so uh, that, that's been my mission is just showing up and, and being there for the moments that are important to them. Well, I want to encourage everyone to get a copy of Bill's book. It's called A Gentile's Journey. And in this book, he tells uh, his whole life story, um, but gives many examples of how that he did just show up and uh, his interaction with the Jewish community. And he also has a very interesting section of questions that Jews ask about Christians and questions that Christians ask about Jews. So it's a very informative book and anyone wanting to engage in Jewish Christian relations, it's a great read and it's a great example of someone that God has used in an amazing way. And um, he shares with you his advice. So we are so grateful, Bill, that you took time uh, to share with us today. We uh, love you and Sandra and your family, and you're an integral part of the ICEJ and the, the whole mission that we are about. And so we appreciate you all, and we just encourage everyone to get a copy of your book. We put a link in today's show notes how you can buy um, a copy of Bill's book. And all proceeds, he donated the book, so all the proceeds will go to the ministry of the ICEJ. And um, so please pick up your copy today. So Bill, thank you again. God bless you. And we thank everyone for listening in. We'll be back here next week with another episode of this series. And until then, Shalom. God bless. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Out of Zion with Susan Michael. 
Be sure to subscribe to Out of Zion Now on Apple Podcasts, cpnshows.com, YouTube, or wherever you like to listen and learn. Out of Zion with Susan Michael is a production of ICEJ USA, all rights reserved.